to start, you have to know where to begin. To succeed, you have to find your why. My name is Matt, and I'm here to educate and inspire you each week with stories, guests, and interviews that will motivate you to find your passion and reach your health goals. And I'm Andrea, and I'm here to bring you the latest gossip and updates about all things Prime. Whether it's meeting new people or giving you breaking news firsthand, we want you to be informed. You're listening to Driven by the Best. The first thing I wanted to do was, you know, just kind of get a little bit about your background, you know, your philosophy behind what you preach. I've looked at, you know, I follow your stuff on Facebook and Instagram myself and, you know, really, you know, you, you put a really straightforward, nonsensical, you know, approach up that I think is easy for anybody to follow no matter who you are. And so I love that. But, you know, what kind of drove you to be in, you know, in this profession in the first place with the fitness industry and whatnot? Yeah, so I I got into fitness because I was a wrestler. So I grew up wrestling, started at eight years old. And when I got into high school, I made varsity as a freshman. Um, and when I, I beat out a junior for the varsity spot, but what happened was I had to cut a lot of weight. So I was cutting from 112 pounds to 103 pounds every week. And in, number one, I, I was a good wrestler technically and endurance wise, but a 13, 14 year old kid going up against 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, my strength wasn't there. Couple that with losing weight in a very unhealthy way every single week. It just, it wasn't a good recipe. So I ended up applying for an internship at a gym in a town over from me just to try and learn from them about how strength and conditioning works so I could learn to how to lift weights properly and get stronger. And I became obsessed with it. I got obsessed with strength training, obsessed with coaching. And, and that was really it. That's how I got started with it. And I ended up working at that gym all the way through high school. Uh, and so by the time I graduated, graduated high school, I was, I was convinced that's what, I, that's what I was going to do. And, and that's really what happened. That was when I was 14 years old. I'm 28 now. And now it's, so it's been over a decade of just strength and conditioning and nutrition and trying to help really help people understand exactly what they need to know without the fluff. Like not selling any supplements, not selling any fancy programs, just like here's what you need to know to help you lose fat, get stronger, get more defined, be healthier, move better, period, end of story. Like I'm not a big fan of all the marketing nonsense and the the fancy pills and potions and supplements. Just like let's just tell people what they need to do so they can do it and get it done with. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's a good viewpoint to have from. And it's crazy how our paths, you know, lead us to these, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I, I grew up really being interested. The first thing I got for Christmas when I was like 10 or 12 was a weightlifting set. And so from then on, I kind of just created a love with, you know, fitness and in the industry in general. And so I went to college for it after being a personal trainer. And then, you know, it kind of led me to the corporate health field. And so that's where I'm at right now is I'm at Prime Inc. And we have about uh, 8,000 drivers or so that I do, you know, health and wellness initiatives for, whether it's teaching them, you know, how to eat healthy on the road in a sustainable way they can do every day or doing something, you know, with exercising for four, five, six minutes, you know, they have, did you know, do you know much about the trucking industry in general? I'm going to be very honest with you. I know literally nothing about the trucking right, industry. That's, so no, absolutely that's, zero. That, that's perfect. I actually expected you to say that because it's, it's just not really heard of to have a fitness you know, someone like myself working for a, a truck driving company in, in charge of drivers. And so we're kind of a pioneer in trying to get our drivers a little bit healthier in this industry. And so, you know, I'll, I'll fill you in a little bit. And so one of the, the things that I look at are really the dynamics with the drivers and everything. And so 
usually, you know, they're sitting all day, obviously. And so some of them are these team drivers. And so there's a couple of them in a truck and they could be in the truck, either sleeping or driving for up to 22 hours a day. And then we also have these solo drivers and they're going to be the ones that are individually out there in their own truck. Um, and usually they're driving anywhere up to you know, 11 hours a day driving. And then over the span of a week, they can also be working up to 70 hours during that week. So um, my number one goal with this position is really just educating on proper things they can eat at the gas station, truck stops, um, doing something with, you know, just even driving them towards something with less calories at fast food restaurants. So maybe just a smaller burger with no of the additives on it or anything like that, that is a little bit less in calories. And so I try to put forward kind of the same philosophy. It sounds like you go by just kind of putting straightforward things out there that are sustainable and achievable in their everyday lives. Wow. I did not realize it was that intensive of a schedule. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love that. Everything that you said sounds amazing. And I think that's fantastic. And they're lucky to have that type of a resource with them. Yeah. And that's, a, you know, one of the biggest limiting factors, you know, that I found, um, which I, I was kind of asking to ask if you can shed some light on is really um, accountability for our drivers. And so right now they're out on the road, you know, by themselves, really isolated from everybody. And, you know, several of the drivers, I always pick their brains and see, you know, what's the hardest part of them staying to an active lifestyle or, you know, eating nutritionally sound and things like that. And one of the things I found is the accountability thing. It's like, you know, if I'm out there by myself, I don't have anybody to answer to. And so, you know, do you have any advice for how to keep them accountable and keep them motivated while over the road when really they're just by themselves? Man, that is a wonderful question. Um, so there's a couple things that I would say is number one is I think that if there's a way for them to create some type of a of a group among themselves, even among if it's even if it's just one other person, to have someone to speak with, communicate with, to uh, to have some form of accountability, even challenges with. I, I'm a huge fan of 30 day challenges, 60 day challenges, 90 day challenges. I'm I'm a fan of 24 hour challenges. To be honest with you, I'm a fan of challenges because I'll give you an example. When I'm not a big drinker and I literally just got off a year. I wanted to see if I could go all of 2019 being 100% sober, which was not difficult for me at all because I'm not a big drinker anyway. But I've always found that when I go out to a, an event, a party, whatever, and people offer me a drink and I just say, no, 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 I'm good. They're they're very often like, ah, come on, like have a little. But when I tell them, oh, no, I'm I'm doing a challenge where I'm not going to drink, all of a sudden they're just like, oh, okay. And, and it, they're not – they don't question it ever. It's never like a – like, uh, if anything, it's usually, uh, Oh, what's the challenge? Maybe I should do it. It's like the complete opposite, which is very interesting to me. And there's almost this mental flip that happens when you say I'm doing a challenge that gets you to be competitive with yourself and maybe with others too, if they're involved. But I love the concept of everything is a competition with yourself. And, and we say this in life, it sounds a little bit cliche and hippy dippy, but the competition isn't against anybody else. The competition is against yourself. The competition is to improve, to get better, to push yourself to be better in whatever capacity that means. And when you give yourself a challenge or have a challenge among you and several others, it gives yourself an opportunity to really, it gives yourself a reason to show yourself why you want to be better and to do better. So I really like these ideas of challenges. And, and I said a 24 hour challenge up front, from the perspective of, I know it's very difficult to form new habits 
And when you have a challenge that maybe starts out as a 90 day challenge, that's a long time. It is a very long time. And it seems like the end is not, is not in sight. Whereas if you have a 24 hour challenge, it's just a day. And sometimes it's just those brief challenges that allow you to see that the end is in sight that are the beginnings of creating a new habit. So it could be something as simple as creating a 24-hour challenge to make sure you're drinking enough water, a 24-hour challenge to make sure like you have zero processed food, a 24-hour challenge to make sure that you hit your protein intake for the day, a 24-hour challenge to make sure you have at least one salad that day, whatever it is. There's a million options that you could choose from, but some type of a challenge that is going to force you to live up to your own highest standard to try and get better. So I think those are unbelievably and tremendously helpful to have a challenge either with yourself and or with other people. I think other people, it adds a really cool dynamic to it, but you can do it alone too. And going off of that, when you look, I was literally just talking about this on the call before this. Accountability is a massive component of, of long-term success. We can see across large-scale data that having accountability, having people to uh, discuss with and, and hold you accountable is a major component of, of being successful. There's just no doubt about it. But it is not the greatest component, uh, uh, not the greatest determinant of success. The greatest determinant of success is your belief in your ability to succeed, period, end of story. And there's a word for this. They call it self-efficacy. If you very much believe that you can and will succeed, you are radically more likely to, regardless of whether or not you have accountability. Many people do not have accountability, but they succeed because they believe in themselves and their ability to do so. So for me, my main goal is to increase an individual's belief in themselves, whatever that means, regardless of whether or not they have accountability. So if you do have accountability, amazing, but just because you have accountability, it doesn't mean you're going to succeed. Whereas if you believe in yourself, you're going to go out of your way to make sure you do because you know it's going to happen. So it, with that in mind, I am much more focused throughout either this call and and with the work that you do with these drivers and just with themselves and really understanding it is very much possible for them to eat healthy and to have and to make meaningful strides in exercise and movement with very little effort throughout the day. It doesn't have to be a great amount. It doesn't have to be very long duration. It doesn't have to be extremely high intensity. It just has to be consistently and it, and it has to be consistent, excuse me, it has to be consistent and it has to be repetitive in nature over and over and over again. And these small daily actions can have a, tr a profound impact on their health. Yeah. And you actually, you read my mind because actually the first thing I was going to hit on after you started talking about those 24 hour challenges was that building self-efficacy through those small challenges. So doing something where, you know, they can see, you know, the big thing I think, and I've seen in some of your podcasts and some of your info before, it was, you know, the patience factor. And so like in 24 hours, you don't have to have a lot of patience because it's 24 hours. And so they build confidence off those small victories to where they're able to go through and, you know, build on that in the future and, you know, really create that self-efficacy, which I think is fantastic. A hundred percent. And this goes in so many aspects. It's one of the reasons why I'm such a huge proponent of walking a lot of people are like, well, what should I start with? I'm like, start with, like, if you've been doing nothing, start with walking. Like, even, even if you've been doing something, like walking is one of the most powerful things that we can do. And it sounds ridiculous when you say it, but I very much believe if people spent 20 to 30 minutes looking at the research around the actual physiological benefits of walking, if they saw on a cellular level and a chemical level what actually happened inside our bodies from a little bit of extra walking every day, they'd say, oh my God, like, it would be so outrageously dumb not to do more walking that I think people would would do it for sure. That being said, 
as little as 10, 20, 30 minutes of walking a day, you could split it up into minutes to blocks of 10 if you want. Like it's outrageous how beneficial it is for your body. Not to mention if you just add 10 minutes for 24 hours and you do that for a week, now you've just done it for a week straight and you continue to do that, that the long-term benefits are, are unbelievable. Yep, totally agree. And what, actually, one of the stats I threw out there that a lot of our drivers gravitate towards is I always tell them, uh, I just randomly stumbled upon this fact, but it's 32 times around a truck and a trailer equals a mile. And that's kind of where I start people is just like, okay, 32 times around your truck, break it up to a half mile this week, three quarters of a mile the next week, a mile the next week, and it kind of just build up so they can start seeing that success. And, you know, an extra mile could burn as many as that two, two or 300 calories each time. And so it's something there that would be very beneficial for just extra weight loss and everything. So I, I love where you're going with that. That's huge. And you can make a challenge with that. You could be like, all right, so, uh, for this, for the first month, you're going to just all, you're just going to get your average time around the truck for like 10 times in a row. Then the next month you're going to try and do either the same amount of the same amount of laps in less time or try and do an at another lap in the same amount of time. Right. It's like, there's so many ways that you can make that into a challenge and try and get yourself better and to push yourself. It's like, that that's perfect. I love that, man. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things, you know, I try to throw out there. And another thing is just trying to do those small sustainable steps like you were talking about and to kind of piggyback off of that exercise thing. You know, one of the things I saw you talk about that you're really big into right now is uh, blood pressure. And, you know, that's one of the things that we hit on with our drivers quite a bit too, because um, they have these DOT physicals where they have to go in there and according to regulations, they have to hit that 140 over 90 or below. And so a lot of them will maybe get red flag because it's a little bit above that or it's right on the borderline and they have to look Learn ways to kind of lower that. And so I've seen you talk about the importance of taking your blood pressure every day. Um, and, you know, just so you can kind of shed some light on that, why is it important to, you know, that you take it every day like that to get a constant metric on it? I'm so glad that you asked that. It's a wonderful question. I would say a couple of things. Number one is I'm a big fan of data in general. I'm a, I'm a really big fan of data and, and I guess the same now I'll, I'll preface by saying I know nothing about cars or trucks or any of that, but you probably want to check your tire pressure, at least on a semi-regular basis so that you can understand how much pressure is in your tire and so that you know you're not going to go out on the road with like a too flat or maybe like too, too pumped up tire. You want to make sure it's a good pressure to keep you safe. Same thing with with your blood pressure, you want to make number one, you want to get as much data as possible, if not for any other reason, just so that you can see how it's going to fluctuate. My blood pressure fluctuates pretty significantly day to day, which I was actually very surprised to see. Um, your weight, your body weight will fluctuate significantly day to day. And the goal isn't to try and just get one number on any given day. The goal is to try and get the trend where you want it to be on a consistent basis. And the more data that you get, if you, it, you're, you have a way more clear picture of what your blood pressure is like from getting 30 different data points, one a day, every day for a month, than you do from doing it once a month or four times in that month. Because now you get a better idea of how it fluctuates. You can also get a better idea of when it's going to spike up based on maybe what you ate the night before or what your activity level was like. You might see that if you have a bunch of really high salt foods the day before, your blood pressure spikes. And say, so, okay, you know what? Like I've, I know that really high, high processed, high sodium foods are going to do that. But seeing that number there and seeing that spike up might be like, you know what? I really should probably lay off it a little bit because you're actually seeing that direct effect. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And so whenever you look at that, and so say someone like a driver, for example, takes their blood pressure, notices they're kind of borderline all the time, you know, what are some of the things you would recommend that can have the most bang for your buck with maybe getting it a little bit lower in a reasonable time frame so they can kind of, you know, improve those outcomes? I think so. Number one, I think for me has really been focusing on just trying to eat more potassium. Um, it's been really, really, really helpful for me. And and the reason that I say is because I'm a big fan of whenever we're trying to accomplish a goal, rather than trying to restrict, which I don't think restricting is a bad thing, but I think restricting is usually harder than it is to add something, right? I think taking away a habit is a little bit more difficult than adding habit. So for a lot of people struggle to eat less, right? So I would rather say, you know what, like you don't want to eat less, fine, don't eat less, but let's add in a banana. Let's add in some avocado. Let's add in a salad. Just like keep eating whatever you're eating already. Let's just add this extra in. And of course, as a side effect, if you're adding in an extra salad every day, odds are you're going to end up eating fewer total calories. So you end up having that little bit of restriction, but it's not done out of trying to restrict. It's done out of actually adding more into your diet. So I think just adding more fruits and vegetables and think the easiest way to do that and I, I just said it but i'm going to really clarify it and say it again because i think this is huge is have one salad every day just no matter what you're doing no matter where you go just make sure you get one salad a day every day i think that's probably one of the best things you can do for your overall health not just blood pressure but for your weight for your health for everything um in addition to that drinking more water, staying hydrated. I think getting the extra steps in, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up the, the 32 times around your truck, uh, stat, because that is so helpful and it gives you a legitimate number to shoot for a goal to shoot for and an aim. And then you can add time frame into it, getting more, make sure like if you really want to, I mean, you, you could pull over and throughout the course of the day, make sure that you get around your truck 50 times. That'd be a hell of a goal. And mm -hmm. if, you have, if you have a phone call, you want to do whatever, listen to a podcast, whatever it is you want to do, time yourself, but get around your truck. If you could do that 32 times like a day, every day, that would just radically improve your health. Um, so big fan of just more fruits and vegetables, drinking more water, getting more steps in, all the things that we hear every day. If you're smoking, definitely that's something that you know everybody knows. They have a skull and crossbones on the box, but people still go buy them. So I mean, it's the things that we hear every day that we know, but actually taking action on them consistently. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I know it's it's one of those things where people, I think, are looking for a, a large, complicated solution to a pretty simple problem most of the time. You know, they go out there and find these, you know, either fat diets or find the fastest way to lose weight, by whether it's going by going keto or by, you know, just do, you know, doing these weight loss pills and everything like that. And, you know, I've kind of fallen prey to this a few times myself whenever I've gone out there and when I was a little bit more, you know, uneducated in what I was doing, I was, you know, doing the, you know, weight loss pills or the, you know, energizer stuff and, you know, the pre-workout and everything like that whenever it can really just be something as simple as walking and so i kind of love that straightforward approach with that and i think it's easy for our drivers to follow as well you know it is it's it's so simple and it's just so straightforward i think there's a lot of times people either don't believe that it's actually going to work or it's there's this whole idea this illusion of complexity right this idea that the more complex it is the more effective it has to be and that's just a lot. It's a logical fallacy. That's not accurate. Just because something is more complex doesn't mean that's actually going to work. The the truth of the matter is, and it's not sexy and it's not marketable, and he couldn't sell a product on it, but it's true. Eating more fruits and vegetables, and walking more, and staying hydrated, 
will help you live a longer, healthier life than any supplement you could take, than any complex training program, than any of that stuff. It's it's not sexy and it's not marketable and no one's going to write an ebook on this and make a million dollars, but it's just a fact. And the more that you absorb that fact and you call yourself on your nonsense and you start doing what you need to do, the better and healthier you're going to be. Yeah, agreed. Um, and so, so kind of going off of that. And so hit a little bit on the physical areas with like the blood pressure and exercise and stuff. But then also mental health is becoming a huge concern, not really, you know, just in our industry with the trucking, but also really across the world. This kind of come to the forefront during recent years. And, you know, they're finally starting to remove that stigma around talking about it and everything. And, you know, with this isolation, you know, occupation, being a driver, this is kind of one of the top priorities that I've challenged myself to focus on with our population over the next year in 2020. Um, and so what are some, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, life hacks or positive ways we can, you know, really teach our drivers about practicing good mental health habits on a daily basis? Man, these are great questions. Um First and foremost, I'll say I love that that's one of your major goals and that's one of the things that you're going to really be bringing to the forefront for your drivers. I would say – and this is something – I literally just had a conversation about this. I'll tell you the conversation I had yesterday with um, with uh, someone on my DMs on Instagram. Someone messaged me saying they were really struggling with their relationship with food and and they knew what they had to do but they weren't doing it. What's my main recommendation? And I said I really think that you should speak to a therapist. Uh, I think – I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Uh, I think that it's that everybody should go to therapy. I very much believe that. And for no other reason, just to have someone to speak with that isn't going to judge you or that you would just, I think one of the best parts of therapy is that you can go and you can tell the truth without feeling like you have to put on a front or try and make them think something of you. Or with most people in our lives, we often try and like, ha we often have a guard up, even if it's our most trusted, most loved per person. A lot of times we do have some form of a guard up. And we'll say things because we don't want to get them angry or you don't want to upset them or you don't want them to feel bad about themselves, whatever it is. With a therapist, you can just say exactly what you mean and exactly what you say and what you feel. And it's very, very, very freeing and it's super helpful. So what I would very – so basically this person was – I said, I think you should see a therapist. And their response was – excuse me. Their response was, I'm very stubborn when it comes to getting help. I'd rather not do that. And – which was interesting for me because they reached out to someone they've never spoken to in the in their life asking for help. But when I gave them my advice, they said, I don't want to get help. And I think it's <laughs> something that we we often struggle with as individuals. Like we want to get help, but we struggle with it and we, we oftentimes are stubborn. And so I think what they wanted me to do was I think they wanted me to argue with them a little bit and, and tell them why a therapist would be so beneficial. And I, I, my response was, OK, your call. And and they, there was a pause and then I saw the little typing thing come up again. They let me know they were responding and, and basically they were like telling now the, their response was as though I was, as though my response had been why they need to go see a therapist. And instead they had responded to tell me all the reasons they didn't want to go see a therapist. And I said, I'm not going to sit here and debate this with you. I'm not going to spend my time. You asked for my help and I gave you my advice. This is very much what I believe you should do. And I'm not just saying this for shits and giggles. I'm saying this because I very much believe this is what you should do because it's not only going to help your physical health, it's going to help your mental and emotional health. And it's not because therapists are, uh, have any magical solution. It's not because that they, they have like some secret formula. It's because they sit there and they listen to you talk about what you need to talk about. And more often than not, a good therapist is going to allow you to come up with the solution that you need. They're not going to tell you. 
you come up with it. That's what a good therapist does. It's just giving you the opportunity to speak and oftentimes for you to speak to yourself and hear yourself in the way that you need to. So I think if we're really going to talk about mental health, we really need to talk along with that and in conjunction with it is allowing yourself to speak. And if you're just sitting there all day in a truck and you're either listening to podcasts or you're on the phone, a lot of times you're not speaking. You're not saying what you need to say. And if there's anything that I could encourage anybody to do, truck driver or not, is go speak with a therapist. And and now what an incredible world we live in where we you could talk to a therapist on the phone. You could t- They literally have applications or they have services where you could talk to a therapist. They have on-call staff that you could speak to someone. If, if there's one thing that I in- could encourage for mental health, it's speak with someone so that at least you can get the opportunity to speak. Yeah, and, and that's huge. It just kind of, you know, I find a lot of times when I talk to people, it seems like it's almost a, a prideful thing where they don't want to, you know, they want help, but they don't want to ask anybody else for help. And so it's one of those things where I think we just have to think in a different way and, you know, utilize those resources. You know, the last position I was in, I actually worked for a hospital system. And one of the things that they had that was new, um, you know, they have the EAP program, so employee assistance programs, you can go use those. And so through that, they had like, you know, psychologists you could talk to and therapists. And one of the things that came up with was even a texting feature where you could text and do therapy through texting, which I don't know if that's the same as going face to face or, you know, <laughs> you know, over the phone, but it's like they have everything nowadays. And so it's, it's getting easier and easier to do those things because I think that stigma is being, you know, taken off of that mental health, which is a fantastic thing. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree. I very much agree with you. I, I couldn't be happier about it. And I think that the more and more comfortable people get with the idea of going to therapy, the better we're going to get with our own mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and you know, I've seen a few of your videos also talk about, you know, I saw you had like a calorie cycling challenge coming up for fat loss. And I was kind of interested in this myself because I might've seen, you know, a framework like this, that's kind of familiar, but I I was wondering, can you explain what calorie cycling, you know, for fat loss is to our audience and our listeners and, you know, how you could use it to potentially be a path that you can take to improve your, you know, weight loss outcomes in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. So, the first and foremost thing to discuss is calories, right? When it when it comes to losing weight, calories are the most important thing. And and I want to clarify something because some people out there are going to be like, "Uh, really? Well, that's not that doesn't mean you're being healthy." It's like I didn't say health; I said weight loss. This is really important. Weight loss and health are intertwined, absolutely, but they are not the same thing. And if you want to lose weight and maybe even lose weight as an aspect of becoming healthier. You need to understand how many calories you're taking in and you really need to be in a calorie deficit, period, end of story. That doesn't mean go eat junk food and eat Twinkies all the time and and eat in a calorie deficit and you'll be healthy. No, it means that try try to eat the highest quality foods you possibly can while being in a calorie deficit in order to help lose fat and be healthier. But being in a calorie deficit and eating fewer calories is essential in order to lose weight. With that being said, for me, one of the things that I struggled with when I was younger before I really understood this and I've noticed a lot of people struggle with is this idea of just constantly every day eating fewer calories. It just it's very tough to every single day eat very few calories. So I found this idea of calorie cycling which basically cuz usually we think well every day you have to eat fewer calories because every day you have to lose fat or you're not losing fat at all and that's not how the body works. The body doesn't like restart every 24 hours. Like there isn't like okay well it's midnight restarted. It's like it's constantly in a in flux of fat gain and fat loss, fat gain and fat loss. That's how our body works. 
and the net total time of however you're in a calorie deficit or calorie surplus or maintenance will tell you whether or not you're gaining or losing weight on a consistent basis. So what I realized, I was like, if I just have three or four low calorie days a week and three or four moderate to high calorie days every week, then I can be in a net calorie deficit at the end of the week and still be losing fat, but still have days in which I can eat higher calorie. And it made it way easier for me to sustain it long-term because now all of a sudden I didn't have to constantly eat lower calorie every single day after day after day after day. But I could say, you know what? Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to eat pretty low calorie. And then Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to eat moderate to high calorie, just making sure all my calories are in check at the end of the week. And cool, I'll still be able to lose fat. It will not be rapid fat loss. It won't be very, very, very quick. But in six months to a year, I'll be down 20 pounds. I'll be able to maintain that very comfortably. I'll be able to have higher calories on the days that I'm out with my friends and family. And on the days that I'm by myself and I don't really need to be eating like an asshole, then I can decrease my calories and stay in check. Yeah, and I, I love that too because it's a little bit more sustainable. You know, one of the things I've seen, you know, so at, before I got to my position here at Prime, one of the things I had was kind of a 13-week program where it was based on weight loss and, you know, doing high-intensity interval training and, you know, cutting down calories. And it was, you know, sustainable for that 13-week period. But after that, everybody that lost 50, 60 pounds would kind of balloon back up again and have that roller coaster effect. And so I love the process behind doing it in a way that's sustainable and doable but lets you live life a little bit as well. And I think that's the big thing is kind of learning to do everything in moderation, obviously, but also enjoy yourself while you're doing it and not be starved all day, every day. You know, I've, I've done that before where I, you know, when I back, I used to have a goal where I was like, I'm going to get a six pack, I'm going to get some ripped abs. And so I just, just dieted, 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 did a lot of working out. And after I got abs, I was like, wow, this sucks. That was way too much work. And it was, it was for nothing really at all. And I, you know, it was one of those things where I learned from that, that, you know, it has to be something sustainable. And that's kind of my approach nowadays is doing something where you can enjoy life, but also eat good the majority of the time to kind of get those outcomes. A hundred percent. And it's interesting. You see a lot of people do these very quick, rapid fat loss diets and they'll lose a lot of weight very, very quickly. And then they'll gain it all back and oftentimes more immediately after that. But when you ask them what has worked for them, usually they'll say, oh, I did the, I did these like rapid fat loss diets. They work really well for me. It's like, but you gained all the weight back. So it clearly didn't work well for you. It's almost like if you look at people who gamble and have, have gambling issues, not just like gambling as part of their life, but like gambling, they really struggle with it. If you look at the brain response to someone who's gambling, we basically have the same response neurochemically when we win to when we almost win. And you see this with gambling where they almost won. They were like so close with a certain hand or a horse or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, I was so close. Let's spend more money. It's like, hold on. Like you didn't win. You just lost several thousand dollars. Like let's, let's call it. You see that same type of behavior with people when they're trying to lose weight with rapid fat loss. They're like, oh, yeah, I lost 20 pounds in four days. It's like, yeah, and three days afterwards, you had regained all of it. Like, let's really think about this. Instead of trying to go for that rapid approach, like you were just saying, let's let's do something that's going to be more sustainable. It's slower. You have to have more patience. You can't expect to lose weight as quickly. But with that, with that slower progress, you will also have more sustainable progress.
Yeah, yeah, agree. And I love that. And so uh, one of the things that I reached out to a lot of our drivers before I knew I was going to talk to you and asked them for questions that I can throw your way. So are you okay if we do kind of like a rapid fire thing where I just kind of throw some short questions or statements to you and then you give me your feedback based on that? Absolutely not. No way. We're getting off the phone. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. So first off and foremost, so meal replacement shakes, good or bad for weight loss? Oh man, I would, I'm very hesitant to ever say something is inherently good or bad. I would say if let, let me get, let me, I'll say this. If the choice is between a meal replacement shake and, and, uh, I don't know, two double cheeseburgers at, at Mac at McDonald's with a large fry, like, yeah, I'd say go with the meal replacement shake. Um, I would say again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, calories are most important for fat loss and for weight loss, like your calorie intake bar none. If a meal replacement shake makes it easier for you to eat fewer calories and you're trying to lose weight and the alternative is some very, very highly processed, high, high sodium, high fat, lower protein food, then I would go with a meal replacement shake every single time. I don't want to say that meal replacement shakes are necessary, nor are they essential, nor do they have any inherent benefit outside of just they probably have fewer calories higher protein, and they're very convenient. So they're not good for you. They're not bad for you, but they are a very good option, especially if you're going to be on the road for a long time. You don't know what you're going to have available to you and you need to eat fewer calories and make sure you get enough protein. Love it. Love it. Um, is keto effective in the long run? And to kind of transition off of that one, how do you transition in and out of ketosis without gaining a lot of weight? So, these are wonderful questions, by the way. These are like really well thought out questions to whoever asked these. Um, I will never tell someone not to do keto, mainly because I think from everything we do, we learn. Also, just from a behavioral psychology perspective, when you tell someone not to do something, they're oftentimes more likely to do it just because they're like, well, fuck that guy. So Mm -hmm. I won't say don't do it. I will say if you really enjoy carbs – and you couldn't imagine getting rid of carbs for the rest of your life, then it's probably not a good idea to do a diet that more or less eliminates all carbs. Just because why would you do something that you're not going to do for the rest of your life in order, why would you do something to create a a radical result that you will not be able to sustain forever? It just doesn't make sense to me. So, there are some people who do keto and they love it and they've seen great results with it and they have no real need or desire for carbohydrates. That is certainly not me because I love carbs. I'm literally eating a bowl of pretzels right now. So for me personally, I would prefer a diet that allows me to have carbs in moderation as long as it's fitting in my total calories. So with that being said, I would prefer you really try and keep track of your calories as opposed to your carbohydrates. I think it's a more a more total understanding of what exactly you're eating and how much rather than just only focusing on one macronutrient. Um, so I'll say this in, in regard to ketosis. People who are in ketosis are only losing fat if they're in a calorie deficit. You can be in ketosis and not lose fat if you're eating too many calories. 
So ketosis is not some magical state of being in which you can't store fat. That is completely and utterly factually incorrect. If you are in ketosis and not in a calorie deficit, you will not lose fat. So for me, I'd rather just eat some carbs, be in a calorie deficit and lose fat than completely and utterly restrict carbs and not guarantee that I'm going to be able to lose fat. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big carbs fan myself, so I know keto is not going to be for me. And, you know, just for me, it's the social outings. You know, I go to family events and everything. I'm not going to be the guy that's like, I'm not going to eat ice cream. We're not going to do this just because of the keto part of it. And so I think it's for some people definitely. Um, but then there's those people as well that, you know, could be better off doing certain things to make it more, you know, sustainable in the future as well. And then, you know, one of the things we had also that a lot of our drivers ask me continually is, they just don't know whether to do cardio or strength training because they're trying to lose weight. Um, and so, you know, which one burns the most calories for the longest periods of time if you wanted to choose between doing cardio or strength training? I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm impressed with these questions because – Straight I from do, the drivers, man. Tell you what. It's good stuff. I do a lot of Q&As and most of them are not this educated in terms of the questions I'm getting are not this – it's not just the questions they're asking, but it's how they're asking and how specific they are. They're really well done. Um, I'm not a very black and white person. I'm not – and by that I mean I'm not like a binary uh, either do this or do that. Like if we're going to be honest with, with ourselves, then understanding that some cardio and some strength training is better than either one alone because they both have benefits. Uh, I will say – I look at it like this, and this is probably the best way that I could probably phrase the benefits of each. Strength training, I look at more as a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. You won't get the benefit of strength training, especially from a metabolic perspective, immediately. The main benefit of strength training from a metabolic perspective in calories burned is over the long term, over years, you will build more muscle so that you can then burn more calories while you sleep so you can eat more without gaining weight. On the other hand – cardio, it's more of a short-term investment. But again, like there's benefit to both short and long-term investments. As it, From a short-term perspective, you will burn more calories in that moment so that you can eat more that day. Not to mention the hormonal benefits of cardio in terms of the just the, the more or less immediate feelings of happiness and feeling better as a result of doing cardio are tremendously powerful. There's a great deal of uh, – an overwhelming amount of research showing that doing a little bit of cardio, even as little as walking around your truck, can improve your happiness, improve your mood, improve your motivation, not to mention also burn calories. So this is why I think you have to do both in order to get the best results. If you could only choose one – I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to choose one because I just can't. I'm just going to say if you want to lose fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit regardless of whether or not you're exercising. So you can lose fat without exercising. That comes from managing your nutrition and being in a calorie deficit. From a health perspective, I would love to see you do a little bit of strength training and cardio. I'd love to see you do both. I would say if we're really going to – if I'm like gun to head, I have to f be forced to pick one. I'm I'm and I'm going to get crucified for saying this. I would I would rather you do more cardio just because from a heart health perspective and from a longevity perspective it's just I would rather you do it. I just it's truth. 
and like all of my strength training background and powerlifting buddies are going to say, you're an idiot. Like what is wrong with you? But that's just the truth from a health perspective, cardio is going to be a little bit more important, but I can't say this enough that strength training and I don't care if you do push-ups in the back of the truck. I don't care if you do bodyweight squats. I don't care if you do walking lunges in the parking lot. I don't care if you do planks, just some strength training is immensely beneficial as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things is I always tell people, you know, most people think they have to do cardio and that's going to be the way to lose weight. I kind of hit on the strength portion a little bit and the cardio kind of combining them like you were talking about. And, you know, but one of the things I think is people kind of gravitate towards that cardio a little bit more and maybe even have that placebo effect where they're going to keep doing it because they think they're losing more weight rather than doing strength training. And so it could be that thing where it just kind of mentally tricks them into like, I'm going to do this and, you know, burn some calories and stick with it longer because I think I'm losing more weight at the same time. So I like, I like that. Absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, okay. So last one I'm going to hit on here. Actually, I have two more. Okay. So uh, a big issue with our drivers is disordered eating, you know, and, and a lot of people in that regard. Um, so a lot of them, you know, I can even relate to this because even when I go on like a 10, 12 hour road trip, stuff like that, I find myself munching, you know, munching on snacks, eating, you know, drinking Coke zeros and stuff like that. And I, so I can relate to, you know, mindless snacking in a car. So how do our drivers or anybody for that matter, overcome like binge or emotional eating and mindless snacking when driving a truck and sitting down all day? That is again, another amazing question. Um, I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of content based around binge eating. Uh, something that I struggled with as a result of the the terrible eating habits that I grew, grew up with from wrestling and cutting weight. Um, I would very much, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say Go and watch my YouTube video, or I have two major YouTube videos on binge eating and a lot of podcasts on them as well where I discuss with people and come up with a number of strategies. Um, that being said, I would say number one, I think probably the best strategy that we can use here with this population is something that I call the 20-minute rule. And if we're looking at any type of impulsive reaction – which that's what binge eating is often, right? It's like you have this impulsive response where you're just like, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to eat it. I'm just going to go crazy. And even while you're doing it, you regret it. Like you don't enjoy it. Every bite you put in your mouth, you're like, why am I doing this? I want to stop. But you can't. It's very difficult. So what I do with a lot of my clients is I give them this 20-minute rule where I say, from the moment that you decide you're going to binge eat, I want you to wait 20 minutes. Actually, I have a really good idea that I'm going to say in a second. If after those 20 minutes, you still want to binge, go for it. You're allowed to. If after those 20 minutes you don't want to, then you don't have to. This does a couple of things. Like I said earlier, I won't ever tell someone not to do something. Oh, I shouldn't say never. I rarely tell people not to do something because when I say don't do it, they're more likely to do it. So this idea of it not being something inherently bad where they can do it, just wait 20 minutes – it makes it okay. And it's sort of like the you walk by a fire alarm just because you're not allowed to pull the fire alarm. You sort of want to pull it. It's the <laughs> same thing. It's like as now that it's not this inherently off-limits thing, it's a little bit more okay. And after those 20 minutes, the impulse has, has more than likely dissipated. So that's really huge. What I would say is give yourself a rule. I call these bright lines. A bright line is a rule that you must follow. Wait 20 minutes. 
If after those 20 minutes you still want to, go for it. You're welcome to. And I would say during those 20 minutes, the best thing you could do is walk around your truck. Walk around your truck for those 20 minutes. I don't care if it's two times around your truck, five times around your truck, 10 times around your truck, whatever it is. For those 20 minutes, walk around your truck. If after the end of those 20 minutes you still want to binge, go for it. I would bet you probably eight out of 10 times you're no longer going to want to binge. Yeah, and I, I love that too. You know, for it takes you know that twenty minutes almost to kind of send that signal to your brain. A lot of times when you eat, uh, you know, hey, I'm full, and so that's why you know it's related to that Thanksgiving meal. You know, you kind of fork all that food in your mouth, and then you know twenty minutes later, you feel like you're about to throw up because you ate so much food within that time span. And so I, I love that option and kind of getting your mind off about the walking is fantastic. Um, last one, best food options or and or drink options. Um, for diabetics through nutrition to kind of help control their blood sugar a little bit. I And I hate to do this. I'm going to have to pass on this question only because I'm not a doctor and I don't specialize in this. And it, and I would ha I have ideas and I've, sp I've studied this, but it would be morally and ethically wrong for me to give an answer when I'm not technically qualified to do it. So I'm, I would say speak with your doctor, your physician, or a nutritionist who, who specializes in that. It would just be ethically wrong for me to say because I'm not qualified technically. No, I, I totally agree. I would probably say the same thing. Um, and actually, that's one of the things, the person that asked this, if you're listening right now, we actually just hired a dietitian for our drivers last week. And so her name's Sarah Waterman, and she can hit you up on this question and help you guys out. Um, and then, you know, besides that, I just want to really, you know, thank you for your time. That's really all I have to ask you today. Um, and then just to say, I could, I feel like I could talk to you for hours because there's so much good information that we're pumping out for our drivers right now. And I really appreciate you spending the time to kind of you know, shed some light on these issues that they're facing and then kind of help them get a little bit healthier on the road for some doable ways. I mean, I'm beyond happy and, 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 uh, and blessed that you had me on. I appreciate it. I love what you're doing. And I think that you're, you're helping them a great deal. And I hope they know how lucky they are to have someone like you have their back and, uh, and really helping them out with tremendous high quality information. Yeah, I appreciate it. And then, you know, if, if our listeners want to find you out there, you're on social media, right? And you have, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Can you um, share those names so they can kind of find you if they want some more info on your stuff? Yeah, so I have my own podcast, the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. It's just S-Y-A-T-T, -T, like the Hyatt Hotel, but with an S. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Jordan Syatt, Instagram, Syatt Fitness. And if you just Google my name, you'll find a bunch. Awesome, man. Well, I, once again, I appreciate your time. and Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you, man. Have a wonderful day. All right, you too. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Driven by the Best podcast. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you next time.